Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And it is that time of the year. It is that time of the month. It is annual Atrax Morgue Day. Last year we did an Atrax Morgue album. We did Paranoia, a fantastic record. And uh, this year, Woundfucker. We sure did, and it mm-hmm. couldn't be more appropriate as Woundfucker was recorded on Halloween 1994. So our annual Halloween episode will always be Atrax Morgue. And for this episode about Woundfucker, we will be discussing the CD, which does have four bonus tracks. Another one of those recorded on Halloween. Yeah, from the Spasmosynthetics cassette on uh, Labyrinth, I believe. Correct. And this is an album that has been with the three of us for as long as any of us can remember. And it is an album that sounds better every single time you listen to it, whether or not it's been two times whether or not it's been 20,000 times, Mm -hmm. it will always hit the spot. It's closer to 20,000 for me than two, I'll say. Uh, That's why I think it's closer to 20,000 for all of us. uh, Yeah, before, you know, I could just talk about this CD all day. There's so many things to love about it. But before we do that, Connellys, what have you been listening to? Well... Keeping with the tradition of our Halloween episode, we are going to each discuss two Italian movies that we have watched. And Tara, why don't you discuss a recent favorite of yours? One of my new favorites is Eye and the Labyrinth from 1972. Uh, I we recently watched this, and I think we just possibly discussed it on Home Time. We did discuss it on Home Time, but for the listeners who do not listen to Home Time, so it it really goes along with this Sharon Tate book that I've been super enjoying. Uh, this all takes place on the Mediterranean coast. There's tons of eye candy. There's like gorgeous people. There's beautiful scenery, and it's a woman who is looking for her missing psychiatrist slash lover, and so she ends up at a strange house where there's lots of wealthy people lazing about. Uh, the idle rich, the strange rich, there's drugs, there's open relationships. It's all of that kind of darkness that culminated from, you know, the summer of love in 1969 and then just descended into darkness, violence and drugs. Uh, And it all comes together in this awesome movie. It's a really great one. And it is one we had never seen. And it is it's not necessarily a high body count giallo but it's a high psychological thriller mystery absolutely the main character is a like you said the the woman who is searching for her her missing lover but the one of the other main characters is this is a guy who's from new york but moves to italy an older guy and he has that new york italian accent hey i'll help you look for your lover it's so he's, great. He's, he's awesome. Amazing. He's a former mobster. He's like, yeah, that estate was mine before. You know, I'll go get it back. Yeah, he moved like, to he's Italy awesome. to, 
in hiding from being wanted in the States. And you know, I, uh, something I love about um, Italian movies of this time are the voiceovers um, because yes. the, the voice actors truly are remarkable and it's no exception for this film. Yeah, really cool, pretty obscure one. Code Red did the Blu-ray and it's just one we never really got to until recently. And I have to say it's... It, it was interesting and I don't want to say anything more because yeah. I don't want to spoil it because it has a few elements that are its own and just let it unfold, unfold before you much like we did to a pleasant, pleasant surprise. Definitely. And over here on this side of the... Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to highlight a movie that we absolutely love and is absolutely perfect for this time of year. That being Mario Bava's Black Sunday. Mm-hmm. The term I've been using a lot this month in watching movies and especially the older movies from the 60s, this Black Sunday from 1960, is Halloween eye candy. And Black Sunday is pure Halloween eye candy. Every single scene is a decrepit castle, tomb, cobwebs covering every inch of everything. Yeah, every still is like funeral dungeon synth <laughs> album cover. It's very true. And the, the story itself is... What I like about it is that it is supernatural. It's not a Scooby-Doo end of the movie. You find out it's just this guy the whole time. It's actually witches. It's actually vampires. It's actually haunted. It's actually supernatural. And it's actually just a perfect Halloween time movie. Black mm -hmm. and white. It is. It's. I, I love this movie so much. It's grim. And of course, Mario Bava will be coming into play as we discuss Woundfucker. So this is coming out a few days before Halloween. If you haven't watched Black Sunday this month, make it a point to do so. Let your eyes soak in the Halloween eye candy that is Black Sunday. Ah, I think I'll do that. Cool. Great. Yes. How about you, man? I watched a movie that I have been a fan of for a long time. I love, love, love the soundtrack. And I just picked up the, uh, there's a nice Blu-ray that comes with the soundtrack CD, which is always a nice move with some of these Italian movies. This is uh, scored by Goblin and directed by Joe D'Amato. And it comes under a few titles, uh, Buyo Omega being one, Beyond the Darkness being another mm. uh, buried alive, I believe is a third title mm -hmm. and it's just morbid. I mean, a man's, uh, it seems to be like a well to do man who has this estate, younger, younger man, uh, his girlfriend dies and he digs her up and brings her home and sort of embalms her, <laughs> preserves her and keeps her in his house uh, while sort of his overbearing uh, house mistress. <laughs> is there a super awesome woman named Iris? I love her <laughs> total it, inspiration for me. This is true. And gray has seen 
the picture of Tara as Iris. It's not a huge stretch. It's I love crazy. Uh, a severe woman in a movie. It's awesome. Yeah, she she's like his accomplice, also trying to control him, also completely subservient to him. All these all these things at once are really great in the movie. Uh, the weird power dynamic between the two of them is is really cool. Uh, it's Joe D'Amato, so there's gore. There's like a full on basic autopsy scene that happens like in his garage. Uh, it's I don't know. This one is I, I heard the soundtrack before I ever saw the movie because it was Goblin, and I was just checking out all the Goblin records, you know, back in the day. And when I finally saw the movie, I was like, I cannot believe this movie exists. It was one of those like, oh, this one is really just raw. And it's, I don't know, he's got this lavish house and he keeps his girlfriend's preserved body in his bed. (laughs) But then like picks up a, a girl and brings her home you know they're making out in the bed next to this body that's like covered by the sheets I, the whole movie is just great uh the ending is I really think great Core belly would approve i have to imagine he liked this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no question <laughs> yeah. truly a true grim tale much like other joe damato movies of course anthropophagus that was on my short list too, but I uh, actually hadn't. I just picked up the blue, but I hadn't had a chance to rewatch it. I did watch Absurd, the yeah. sequel. Uh, yeah, it's I don't. It's <laughs> one of those things where it's sequel in just because George Eastman's in both. I mean, it has yeah. nothing. They, neither of them really have anything to do with anything. I'll watch. Has another fine, fine actor. Damn near anything with George Eastman in it. You know, another that great pick could have been uh, Delirium, mm-hmm. photo of Goya. Uh, George, any George Eastman is. Are we say that exactly? If yeah. he's in a movie, it's already got a seal of approval on our end. Gold standard of greatness in George Eastman. Yes, it probably list five of my favorite movies that have George Eastman in them right now, off top. So, yeah, <laughs> easily. But any of these movies are great to watch around this time, and any of these movies absolutely fit the vibe of Atrex Mark. Thousand percent. This is this is the morbid death obsessed stuff that he craved that we crave that maybe you crave. And I think it's time to hit play on Woundfucker. The perfect a track synth sound bubbles mm. and spills over into the room. One second in you push play and you're, in it and it it brings it all this might be man I, I could say any's a favorite it's sort of like which one did I listen to most recently uh, but this one is the one I've probably had the longest at least for the CDs this is certainly the first one I got and the one I think of when I think of Atrax Morgue uh, some of the songs on this I would almost call hits uh, there's <laughs> There's other things that sort of reference uh, things on this record or that remind, you know, that remind me of it Uh, stylistically. Even some of the tracks would go on to, you know, find their way to sound like full albums very early in the Atrax catalog. Ninety four, you know, he started the project in ninety two and this was originally self-released on Slaughter. Everything about it, the the way it looks is something that I've always loved this, this CD. I mean, before you even pop the disc in, you're you're graced with white primarily white artwork 
with black and silver printing. The disc is black, silver, and white. Uh, there's some like obscure medical instruments. Well, no, there's knives and scissors on the back. Yeah, there you go. Done in silver, <laughs> and the the track list is done in silver on the cover. The uh, there's a very uh, it reminds me of the Jack the Ripper sketches. Whenever I see it, the the cover but art. In fact. So the album art is done by um, Otto Dix, who lived from in 1891 to 1969. Um, this is an etching that he did from one of his series called Death and Red- Resurrection. In German, it's uh, Tod und Astverjung, uh, and the title of it is Lustmord, which is Lust Murder. So an etching called Lust Murder in 1922 is the cover of this. And if you look closely at the image, you can see uh, the pointed boots and and two dogs um, having sex in the foreground. So it's pretty grisly. It's a scene of death. There's gore. There's blood. There's empty bottles. It's not dignified. Otto Dix was known to represent the traumatic nature of the society during the Weimar Republic in Germany. So his topics included executions, famine, trenches, corpses, exploitation, social turmoil, and really just the grim reality that people faced every day. It's a perfect cover for this album, like a thousand Mm -hmm. percent perfect. And inside we are graced with a really nice wide silver border photo of Marco holding a gun to a doll's head in a, like a tight white button up shirt. And uh, Marco had so many good looks and this is yet another one. I mean, when we did paranoia, he's dressed up as his sister on the inside with the wig and lipstick and, and like a night nightgown or negligee. And uh, this is another great artist photo, put artist photos in your, in your albums. If you look cool, just do it. This is one of the classic a tracks photos in my mind. This is one yeah. of the photos I, when I, Think of Marco Corbelli. This picture is one of them that comes to mind. It's absolutely haunting and absolutely perfect. Yeah, always with the eyeliner, generally holding a doll. And right away, too, with Woundfucker, we get those strangled A-Tracks vocals that are almost feel like they're being held back. And the effects on them are just tormenting and holding them back. And they're being strangled. But you can hear him say, I'm a wound fucker. And it's a perfect way to start it, this perfect album. It really is. Uh, my notes don't look like notes for this one. There's a lot of manic scribbling. Uh, I try to draw the sounds more than anything else. <laughs> Maybe half the tracks have vocals on them. Oh, a little more. Two thirds probably. And the one thing that really strikes me about the Woundfucker vocals, too, is they're very confident. They're very bare. Uh, they are that sort of strangled, restrained, c- cut, uh, difficult to get out vocal. But the presence of them and the the way he's just he repeats a line, a simple phrase, a simple word. It's all so powerful. Uh, and it really adds to sort of the mystique of Atrax Morgue for me. And the the phaser on them is like, yeah. mm-hmm. 
There, there's these, I mean, we talk about Italian decisions and like, yeah, this is like a synth going nuts, maybe two tracks of a synthesizer and phased vocals. And that's what you've got. And it's, a, you know, using three colors to paint an amazing picture. Well, and it's important to note, generally, it's not exactly clear. It is said that this is recorded on October 31st, 1994. Generally, when I think of Atrax, it's one take live in the moment. Mm -hmm. I don't, maybe there's an overdub here and there. I I doubt it. If there is, I can't tell in my mind everything he's doing, he's doing as we're hearing it. Right. And the first, the first 10 tracks on the CD are from that recording session. Correct. On Halloween. Um, and, and his, the vocals are so notable because they just come from such a seemingly honest place. Like they are convincing and raw and you don't get the feeling that anything is being put on at this point. Uh, and I am always, happy to read interviews with Marco Corbelli and something that he said about himself is that I'm always in search of my own fears to catch them and destroy them. And I think that that's truly one of the places and methods that are being used on this album. Oh, absolutely. I think he is, it's, this sonically just gets to the core of that. Up next, we have blood orgasm. <laughs> and this is that sickness report style synth mm-hmm. attack just going wild. It settles in a little bit, uh, two minutes into kind of a zone, but it really six minute piece of absolutely spastic manic synth noise. It's a masturbatory frenzy. This is manic mania, and it is pure in the orgasm moment. And it's giving into the orgasm. There are no vocals on this one, and there are none needed. I adore this track. Like, this album, I was going through some health issues a few weeks ago, and this is the only thing I wanted to listen to. It's so just raw and frenzied and maniacal. And there's just something so cathartic about all of these tracks, but especially blood orgasm again, no, no vocals, but it conveys that just wretched visceral feeling. I love everything about this track and I love the sounds on this track so much. You know, it's recorded so well too. Like this CD sounds amazing for recorded in 94. It It's so clean and so powerful and the frequencies are there. It's just, it is really ripping and raw and loud and powerful and blood, blood orgasm showcases that more so than Woundfucker does just cause it is like, it is the, the frenzy, you know, it is the attack. Uh, and then, you know, Woundfucker, I would consider one of the hits on this record. And if there had to be a second single, it would be Beautiful Razor. This <laughs> is like trademark primo attracts morgue right here. It sticks in your head, doesn't it? Oh, I love this so much. And I yes. love his vocals and I love the effects on the vocals. The synth is psych- so wet. Oh, that mm. throbbing wet yes. synth. 
and the the lyrics just repeated over and over. Beautiful razors on your flesh. But yeah, the I love the effects on the vocals on this one too. Yeah, it. From the opening seconds, you just know what you're in for, and if you've heard it before, you are psyched. And if you haven't heard it before, you should be psyched because the next time you hear, it, you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, this track. I, this is." Oof. I absolutely envy anybody who has not heard this album. I wish I could go back in time <laughs> yeah, for the and first hear time. it for the first time. I hope someone listening has not heard this album and and that that person is going to go run out and put this on immediately. That's exciting to me. That's an exciting thought. I agree. And I know someone might get to hear this. I know that's something we've talked about privately is uh, how exciting it is when you get into something and it's, you haven't been into a band for 20 years, but you're getting into a band that's got 20 years of material is like, there's so much to discover and you, Mm -hmm. it's like getting the same thing with getting into movies and like, Oh yeah, maybe you haven't seen this Joe D'Amato film. There's more, there's always more out there to dig into. And some of those things are real high points. So yeah, if you haven't heard this one, one listen, and I, I imagine you'll be hooked. I can't imagine how you couldn't be. Exactly. It has, uh, I mean, what I wrote in the notes is this has the intensity that I seek, but it's truly just the feeling of just being eaten alive by your wanting, by obsession you want it so much that it's you want to destroy it just so that you can interact with it in that way. There's, there's just something so human obsessed and passionate about this. And I think maybe that's what we love so much about it is just really encapsulating that ultimate passion in any form. I fully agree. The next track, No Mercy, is, wow, this is, so the way the vocals and synths mingle on this track and spiral and swirl and funnel into nothingness. Yes. They're sort of moans, these vocals. They're not really as present as any of the other songs. It's just sort of a- right. A background it's like choking yourself. Thing. <laughs> and then, yeah, my, my notes for this are actually just uh, some sort of descending slopes. And then I scribbled over them because of the modulation. So they're like wiggly, <laughs> wiggly curved lines downward uh, is the only way I can even picture this. And they they layer. And while it while it's a regular sound that's kind of happening, it's modulated maybe from several sources. So it kind of moves it just moves differently and they're, they're not, there's not, it's not sequenced. He's like playing whatever it is by hand. So they happen when they happen by Marco's decree. And sometimes they layer over each other and run into each other. And sometimes there's just emptiness between them on these like synth hits and ah, so good. It's tormenting and being tormented. It really is. Another bit of insight from Marco Corbelli, uh, something that, I like that he said is that religion is a joke. I believe in my own religion. I reject all that would indoctrinate and submit your mind. It's all a game of power, master and slave. This is religion, politics and other shits, manipulation. That's right. And Marco, this was no mercy to me. This was, this was the feeling I got reading that quote and hearing this. It's just that 
un that, and I think that's why it doesn't necessarily need lyrics, or it's just that feeling of it's just that swirl into nothingness. Yeah, being completely submerged in nothing, and and again, self proclaimed nihilist. So yeah, and rejecting the control and the institutions that try to control you. That's what this track was to me. And in terms of not needing vocals, when we get to Rose, Rosie or Morte 2, we have samples. We have a recording from a movie presented at, instead of vocals, along with some more fantastic synth noise that just rises and falls and crumbles itself away. So the sample from this track is from the movie Black Sabbath by Mario Bava, AKA the three faces of fear that Black Sabbath is the U S version. That's the only, it's always mm-hmm. called Black Sabbath in anything you see, but the Italian title is the three faces of fear in Italian, which I prefer. So I don't know why they didn't keep that. Yeah. Cooler of a name. Yeah. yeah. It's a good title and, and more fitting because this is a anthology movie. So it's mm-hmm. three short stories, three short films. And the first one is the telephone. Wow. So Tara and I watched this last night. We had yeah. actually never seen it. Um, I've never it seen is it. Great. I'm jealous. It's so, so good. And you recognize it immediately as soon as it happens. You're like, oh my God. And they do have the dialogue on the inside um, of the CD booklet. But the the story, the telephone, um, essentially Rosie is prey. She's an unattainable beauty sought by obsessed ex-lovers, people that have been rejected mad lunatics fanatics that are obsessed with her and they have turned violent and she is attempting to escape her eminent demise yes and it just looks incredible there's some really incredible terrifying scenes especially a scene where there's eyes being looking through some blinds peering through mini blinds this is the reason i have never wanted mini blinds i have disliked them my whole life because i do feel that when you pull that little slat in them that you're gonna see a pair of eyes looking back at you i think (laughs) mini blinds are so scary all the time this is also considered to be the beginnings of bava getting into the giallo genre because this is Black Sunday came before this, Kill Baby mm-hmm. Kill, period pieces, horror, supernatural. And Il Telefono, certainly, the telephone certainly had a, a giallo vibe yes. due to the, to the very lavish apartment and the ominous ringing telephone. Even the voice through the phone is very much like Marco Corbelli or a giallo murderer. Yes, the other two stories in the movie are more of the supernatural variety, and they're both incredible as mm-hmm. well. Highly, highly recommend picking this up the anyway. Lock. But the telephone certainly is the standout. Yeah, you it's know, worth it. Tara, you describing it actually reminded me of a uh, more of Marco's lyrics from uh, Paranoia. It's a uh, you're you are perfect to kill. Your beauty is your condemnation. Yes, it's very much 100%. that vibe. And the, and the conversations that are being had in the movie are very much that vibe. Just and being also, devoured by lust. Yes. And also important to watch the Italian version of this movie with subtitles. A, because you're going to get the exact samples from this. So you want to hear mm-hmm. it as it's supposed to be. But also the English version of the movie apparently was highly edited. So not... 
Yeah, edited like like UK style, like cutting out violence type and of edits. And even changing around yeah. uh, the entire plot of the telephone. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're watching the Italian version and just make sure you watch this. And again, knowing how much Marco was into these movies, just like the three of us are, it really does add to the entire appreciation and entire world of HX Morg when you are in the HX Morg world. You know what else helped add to the world for me while listening to this today? Uh, in the liner notes, Marco writes, I was wearing a pair of black leather gloves during these operations. Uh, yes. So I put on my black leather gloves to listen to this record and to take my yes. notes, uh, which might be why my notes look even more scribbled than usual. <laughs> but I think that that's one of those important things to do. Uh, when you are a musician is to do do things, have little rituals and things you do to set you in the mood and set you in motion for a project. Uh, I have colored light in my studio. You might light incense. You might uh, start by, I, I don't know, doing some sort of uh, habitual thing before you record. You might record in a certain place or look at something or set up a shrine while you're doing it. That is going to influence your performance and the vibe. And it, if if Atrax Morgue is any indication, it's palpable. You can feel it, and it comes through in the recording, that sort of obsession and passion. Uh, obviously, you can't do it if there's no passion there, but it it just adds to it. And thinking of Marco stalking around in his black leather gloves and turning synth mm-hmm. knobs, uh, really, and, and feeling the leather against my skin really put me in the mood for this record even more than I always am. If... You do not have passion. Please just do not record. I will say that. (laughs) And I would absolutely agree with Gray as we are currently staring at a recent altar that we put up for a recording session. Gray has actually seen this altar. We still have have it up. (laughs) And it is still facing us. And we feel that Marco Corbelli would approve of our altar. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But it is one of the most important things. There's no question. We always have to, you always set the mood and set the atmosphere when you're recording. It will always come across, even if you are the only person who knows that you're doing it. Especially if you're the only person who knows you're doing it. Definitely. Hungry for human, the cannibalistic excitement. The cannibalistic desire. Oh, the vocals on this one completely slice through human skin. Uh, my, I, I'm constantly trying, and I've probably since the first time I heard this, trying to figure out if he says the first thing he says is, "I hate you," or "I ate you." I wrote the same thing. I do not know. Either Interesting. Way it works. Yes. Either way, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either way, uh, I hate you, or I hate you. And maybe you. he's actually, and it's possible too. Maybe he's, he's saying both. Maybe he's saying both. Maybe he's, yeah. maybe he's switching them out. And I'm, and maybe that this question was intentional on his part. The synth itself is this quiet synth growl. The vocals are really the forefront on this one. Yeah, but then you get these sort of uh, bright synth stabs that come in missiles 
and interrupt that uh, while he's relaying his vocals and his desire for human flesh. And yeah, this one is just, he's in it and he's <sighs> the, the amount of obsession that goes into all these Atrex Morgue records is just something that is to be marveled at, I think. And it could be appreciated on that alone is just how singular and how focused and how much it came from him. And this is a great example of, of that on this track. It's simple. It's nothing. He's using the most minimal palette and getting across him and his sound and his personality and his obsessions right to you. And, Again, just special. And we discussed this on our last podcast last year um, that Marco said the most important thing you must use doing music is your mind. And it's true. Like, it doesn't matter how minimal your setup is, your equipment, if you are engaging your mind fully, then your work's only going to benefit from that. Yes. And it helps to have Marco's amazing and interesting individualistic mind. There's no question about that. This track is the inhuman want and inhuman lust for humans. And now we come to Sperm on Dead Faces. The next two tracks, Sperm on Dead Faces and Sexy Corpse, speak to something that Marco felt very deeply about, that being necrophilia. It's actually very personal and very incredible titles when you hear what Marco has to say about the subject of necrophilia. He said the interesting thing about necrophilia is that you can love expecting nothing in return, just pure love. I think it's the highest expression of love because it goes beyond. Yes, yeah, so he, this is... And again, he saw death as a, a beautiful and dark lady that will embrace in the end. And death is a means to end suffering. So he's exploring this idea of really exalting the, the physical human meat body, the human corpse, uh, as opposed to something that somebody else might say, I love you for your mind or your thoughts or something that's outside of, you know, these, these are physical flesh, but his take on it and his approach is really pursuing the passion for the flesh, the lust for a body and not even to commune with it spiritually, just the absolute act of flesh on flesh or knife on flesh. This one also tied to me with a track from paranoia that we discussed last year, which is sperm on red plastic. And mm -hmm. that's uh, both of them having to do with, uh, you know, coming on inanimate objects or no longer animate, I guess in the case of a dead face, but uh, sort of, his ability to be within himself and only himself while uh, using something else for this purpose, for his sexual gratification. And, you know, how I would imagine everybody at some point in their lives have felt alienated by what they're aroused by sexually. And he, Marco, truly and vulnerably explores what arouses him. 
And especially, you know, sperm on dead faces on red plastic, like just all of these images, though, are just so vivid and and burned into our minds. And you just have these these thoughts of just having a fetish, being alone, being obsessed, trying to find the way to alleviate your passions and your arousal. Sexy corpse to me is letting it all go and letting true desire take hold. And it has that just the emotions are in control feel. The next track has a warping loop. There's some kind of dark act happening. A very manic lust. We've now come to Cunt Destroyer. And it's very... I, I, I can't help but be reminded of White House, who, you know, Marco obviously uh, had a love for and stylistically inspired him. And this really simplistic synth repetition and these vocals just... They just bring it. The aggression, the obsession, the the simplicity of it. And I think that's, again, it's just boiled down to the, the barest elements and letting those things tell their tale. No need to embellish. This certainly reminded both of us of White House as well. Yeah, the most that, out definitely. of any of the tracks. Yeah. <laughs> the vocals, the way they're done, mm. the pacing very much feels... White House and Marco did say that White House was, of course, one of his biggest, biggest influences. And there's a lot of energy behind uh, the vocals on it, too, which which makes you think of White House. I think, though, what you said earlier, Tara, this track speaks to that as well. The idea of being so obsessed with something Aren't there many things all mixed up into that feeling Um, and even to the point where you want it so much that resentment begins to boil? And I think that that's that's present in many giallos, too. And just like the story of the telephone, the, the stalker is so obsessed and so in love with Rosie that ultimately the only solution would be to destroy her so that they can own her body so that they never go away. I mean, how many times is it said that that's a serial killer's motive like Jeffrey Dahmer so that somebody won't leave them because they are just haunted by the wanting of something and by the wanting of somebody. And certainly those feelings of lust and violence or fetish are explored here completely compelled haunted individual who can't control their impulses anymore and what they want and and who of us can say like why we have the let's say the tastes that we have when you really come down to it why do you like what you have I guarantee we all have something strange that we're into and where did it start and how much do you let it absorb you you know and that uh, not wanting people to leave reminds me again of Beyond the Darkness, just like keeping his girl, his deceased girlfriend in a yes. bed with him. Uh, and that would tie to this next track as well, Autopsy, which is just a massive synth freak out. We're back to the, the sort of uh, blood orgasm mm-hmm. level, just synth insanity. The rain of synth. It's raining down. Yeah, this is so wet. It's it's bubbling goo. Like truly sonically you think of a juicy, lumpy, clumpy autopsy. 
Absolutely. It's so fitting. And this is the final track of the wound fucker proper. This is the final track that is on the cassette and the final track recorded on Halloween 1994. And it is a fitting conclusion to the cassette, the constant movement, the constant motion. And again, the no need for vocals, just let the autopsy continue. Let the autopsy go as it is going. And the wires have come undone and the synth is raining. The blood is raining. And it is just a great conclusion to the wound fucker session. Although I've never thought mm-hmm. of it as the end because this, this CD is how I know this. And we have four more awesome tracks on this CD. Like uh, AVA ES1 put this out out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio back in 98. And I am so glad whatever forces were at work, they got four bonus tracks on this reissue mm-hmm. of a tape four yeah. years later. I am so thankful for it because these tracks yes. are great. And obviously yes, they are. we generally go with the original, original version of a release when we're discussing it. But in the case of Woundfucker, obviously we're thinking of people in our generation. Obviously people earlier, of course, had the cassette, got the cassette, knew the mm-hmm. cassette. But I think of this CD as this album and I would assume mm-hmm. that people in of our generation of our age group this is how you know Woundfucker and this first bonus track is such an extreme track wow yes. it's yeah. one of the most extreme yeah. A-tracks tracks it's one of the most extreme A-track songs and it is also one of the most minimal A-track songs. It's super minimal. It's 10 minutes long. It's the longest track on this CD. And it it's absolute punishment. Just a couple tones with some synth interruptions, simple vocals, a little bit of feedback, a, a cackle. He, he cackles on this. He's laughing at himself at what he's created at us uh, i can't tell it's it's full of this just energy while doing nothing it does nothing the yeah. tone is so bare and so high pitched but it's not feeb i mean it's a synth tone for yeah. sure right yeah. i mean that's not yeah he, it is. that's that's a synth tone being held down it's not so. It's not feedback. It's actually almost more painful. It's extreme because it doesn't change. Whereas fee, even high tone feedback stuff, a White House track, uh, when you know when Purant was doing the just pure microphone mm-hmm. feedback stuff, there is cha- there is movement and it does change. So while it is very painful to listen to, there is something that you can go with the movement of the feedback. This doesn't move. Once in a while, he makes it go up or down. Yeah, but that's it. It resonates. It doesn't with teeth. waver. Yeah, no, the, I guess the I feedback guess that's I refer to, to in my notes is uh, in the vocals. There is some feedback that creeps yes. in, in the vocals yes. as the song yes. goes on, and and then gets just choked out immediately. 
This is one of my favorite songs on this CD. I love it so much. It's so intense and punishing. And as soon as it hits, you know what's happening. This is the feeling that twice is not enough. Twice is never enough. There's always room for once more. And yeah, this is just, man. And it's, yeah, it's it's the longest. It's 10 minutes. And this is from... Spasmos Synthetics. Recorded on Halloween uh, 1997. Exactly. Released on Labyrinth. So this is a... Just, again, I, you know, because of the way have having the CD forever, you, we do think of it as just part exactly, of Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's true. The next track is actually an unreleased track, or previously unreleased up until the CD. And... Open, close, open, close. Yes. Open door, close door, open door, close door. Oh, I, open I put door, it down as door. hospital beeping. I was getting the like some kind of EKG life, you know, whatever monitor, uh, just just going and constant, constant throughout this thing's length. The sexual object. This is lust from the inner depths. I love the vocals on this. This also has na- this has the nasty Atrax vocals. Yeah, these are yeah. just frantic and yeah. just coming at you. This is wanting something and then resenting it for your wanting. That is a perfect way to put it, Tara. <laughs> Rampant desire. The next track is Another, when I think of Atrax Morgue, this is a track that pops. Oh, <laughs> you say this all the head. time. Yes, I think we say this to each other all the time. All, all three of us. The time to play, originally released on the homicidal cassette on Slaughter. I want to play some of the absolute greatest Marco vocals. I can just keep saying these tracks are great, but like really. The that's one of the things I think that's really inherent in a lot of Marco's work is he's death death obsessed. He's serious. He's morbid. He's manic. He's depressed. He's full of ecstasy, uh, and he likes to play like the the this playfulness, this cat and mouse, this uh, killer playing with its prey, spider playing with its fly vibe to his stuff. Uh, like I said, he's he's cackling. Uh, he's cackling in once more. He's having fun with it. He's laughing in his uh, manic way. And even, you know, you look at something like Mechanic Asphyxia where it's like, I've got some trash bags here. I play with them over my head. Like, it's mm. it's play. It's not... I put them on my head. It's I play with them over my head. They're they're toys to him. Dead bodies. Uh, the object of his obsession. Uh, knives. Whatever. Like it's it's all in the pursuit of some sort of uh, enjoyment. Yeah, it's the push and pull. This track is utter purity, utter depravity, utter perfection. Desire, lust, madness, mania. And then we have a little finale with a unreleased 
continuation slash alternate version of the Rosie track from earlier. More this is titled Morte Final Version. Death. I love that we, this is on here. Like this is such yes. a again four bonus tracks one of them which is a tie-in to a track on the original release uh everything fits perfect nothing sounds like oh we threw some bonus tracks on like these are these are part of it they feel a part of it they're part of this entity now and this one is just absolutely dead synth and sample and it just plays out i I love it My thoughts on this track. It's a dark and grizzled world full of degenerates. Marco isn't seeking to exalt the soul of humans, but to be sexually gratified by the temporary nature of our continually decomposing bodies. But truly, especially this album, maybe it's just within myself. It does make me highly aware of the temporary nature of our bodies you know even as as we speak we're decomposing things are breaking down right now might be the best we're ever going to be maybe it'll get better but but truly we are just temporary bags of flesh and bone and he really is absorbing the weight of that plight and that situation and like you said gray trying to find joy in it and and physical pleasure within those bodies. And it is something that is absolutely mesmerizing to behold. Tara, do you have a quote from Marco to take us out of this annual Atrax Morgue episode? I do. I wanted to say that also I didn't realize when we recorded last time, maybe we did mention it. Mike and Marco have the same birthday. Gray, did you know that? I They're did 10 not. years apart. Exactly 10 years apart. Same wow. day, uh, it April is 3rd. An absolute honor to share uh-huh. a birthday with one of the greatest artists of any century. And we lost Marco on May 6th in 2007 by his own will. And again, we wish him to rest in peace if that's what he's seeking. But I found this particularly inspiring that he said, I hate people because I hate myself. I despise people because I despise myself. I see the horror through others because I am the horror. It's all a reflection, a deformed mirror. I love people. I really love them. They are so kind, so loving. I love you all. I love myself. I am pure contradiction, the point between black and white. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. Wow, it's been a minute since I did Patreon shoutouts, but we have gotten a whole host of new patrons, and I have to say thank you to them. Uh, we really appreciate it. So thank you to... Rex, Joe Raposa, Gustavo Serpa, Andrew Lobel, Jay, Vile Mask, Epu Kaipanen, Relictual Tapes, Chris Niemand, Jacob Rodriguez, Kevin, 
Terry Foldenauer, Ryan Daly, Pete Swanson, Nathan M. Gorman, Kent Stevenson, Ellie Audit, Charles Williams, Jonathan Kennedy, Santana Gutierrez, Vermicide, Michael Pierce, Antibody, Kira Magda, RSC, Will Grainer, BP Schusler, Sam Torres, Travis Davis, Trent Pasek, TG33, Grayson Franks, The Sons, Justin Lakes, Jim Fays, Ryan Clifford, Enrique Lopez, Vilho, Jonathan Lee, Eric Hoffman, Alex Neto, Wolf Schwett, Bradley Dixon, Matthew Stinnis, Justin Lincoln, Tim Sandgren, Brendan Murray, Grant Richardson, Abe Mason, A.S., Rusty Demick, Michael Duffy, Jay Randall, Nick Scarborough, Jeremy Hildenbrandt, Gooey R., Timothy Connolly, and Chad Leaf. Thank you so much for your support of our podcast. We really couldn't do it without you. Thank you. You can find us on Instagram at Noise Extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at Noise Extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.